Hey guys, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I generally reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wizzick in high school in the suburbs of Philadelphia. My name is still Brad Corbett. I am class of 2001, but today is an extra credit episode of We Weren't Friends in High School with class of 2000, Chris Stout. I kind of grew up around Chris in the same town, but never really talked to Chris at all. With Facebook nowadays, you kind of see what a lot of people are up to, and I've been friends with Chris for a little bit, and I've kind of seen what he's been doing over the past couple of years, and especially in the last year where he started his own business in lawn care. I actually have a moment in my life that I remember as it pertains to lawn care, and when I saw that's what Chris was doing and starting his own business, I really wanted to talk to him about it. And one of the benefits now of having this podcast is that people are willing to tell me like their whole story if I ask them. The video is at youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. And uh, yeah, that's it. Just enjoy this extra credit episode. Happy spring. What are you uh, drinking there? Uh, I got vodka and cranberry ginger ale. Wow, that's funny. I almost had a vodka and cranberry and <laughs> I have some ginger ale. I wonder if I could have mixed them all for the same. <laughs> the same transparency level. It seems like something you would do when you're like 20. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with a little rye that I've had mm. sitting here for a while. Mm. Figure why not. Yeah, that's 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 out of my league. <laughs> See how this goes, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, that's not necessarily in my league. You know, maybe that's why yeah. I haven't drank a lot of it. But. I was going to say, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's, I think the last time I drank anything like whiskey or rye or anything was probably PJ's in... I don't know, 2006 maybe. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I can't drink that stuff anymore. Yeah, I've uh, I go well. I don't know now since <laughs> since we don't go out anywhere, to, you mm-hmm. know, for stuff. But um, yeah, I feel like the age has affected me now more than ever. <laughs> so this is like a rare occasion. I'll check back yeah. with you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll be in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, cheers, man. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, this is so this is like another episode where um, you're not actually in my class. And I've only done, I think, one other um, one other episode like this with Derek Cataldo. Yeah. Um, and but what's funny is that, like, we kind of like mutually like connected um, and decided to do the show. But with this, like, I just kind of sought you out. And there was nice. like a, there was like a, a specific reason more so tied into like um with you and, and, and work and like starting your own business and, and what you're doing that I thought was really, really interesting. Um, that when I started this podcast, you know, I talk about the different people that I would love to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and besides, you know, the people that I had problems with or the people, the, yeah. the girls that I had crushes with. Yeah. That was an awesome like, episode. <laughs> like besides that, you know, are like, what are people doing with like work and careers and, um, I see, you know, you for like the last year or two, I've been seeing what you've been posting on Facebook and kind of yep. following the progression, especially over the last year or so. And I was really, really interested, you know, how you got to that point. Um, so I thought, you know, it's it's kind of an excuse, really. It's more of an, on a selfish way for me to um, awkwardly be like, hey, man, what's your story? Um, just, <laughs> this gives me an excuse to do it, you know? No, that's awesome. It really is. I, and like, I enjoy it, like, the thought process you had with this podcast. I think it's an amazing concept. I think the, the, the thing I was most excited about was like 
the awkwardness, but not the awkwardness. Like you've described in the past, like it's a weird feeling because Brad, we grew up together for sure. You know, a couple grades apart. Yeah. But we don't hang out. We don't see, you know, and so it, it, there is a dynamic there that is untapped and it's a very yeah. cool concept for sure. Thanks, man. Um, it's yeah. fun, you know, and, and yeah. as you're talking about, like, you know, we're, we weren't in the same grade and we never really talked in high school. I knew of you and, and yeah. I, I, we'll talk about like the ways, like, you know, one specific way that our lives intersected. I don't even know if you even know about it. Um, but it's interesting to be able to, you know, find this connection just really through the aspect of high school, um, yeah. is the only thing that like connects <clears throat> us. But for some reason we were still Facebook friends. And like you said, kind of like that, that, I don't know, maybe I called it like awkward city in that, in that last episode. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, like it is kind of like awkward. And I think that's why when we were younger, we don't do it. We don't, yeah. we're afraid to tackle that awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost, it almost makes you like a better communicator for sure. I mean, even when you, in, in the work world, you have to have these awkward conversations when you're networking or talking to your accountant or whatever it is. And it's, it's just a cool concept because now, but we do have so many things that we can, me and you can relate to growing up where we grew up, where mm -hmm. we went to, who your friends were, who my friends were and how they were, you know, mutual friends of friends, you know, it's, right. it's an interesting dynamic. So what year did you actually graduate? 2000. 2000. Okay. So it was the year yeah. right before us. Um, yeah. Where, when did you come into Wissahickon? Did you start off in Wissahickon? I moved to Wissahickon when I was in third grade okay Where so i went from? to madison ave I, I lived in seattle washington from kindergarten to second grade wow yeah yeah that was an interesting experience i was i was very young obviously i don't remember a ton about the city yeah. but i do remember certain things uh they have a floating bridge out there that's really cool and the city was very clean transportation was awesome over there um yeah, but it was it was fun living in the Pacific Northwest for three, four years. What brought you to <clears throat> Philadelphia suburbs? Uh, my mom had a boyfriend in this area, and so we moved to Ambler, and wow. that was the connection. That was the connection, and uh, she knew him from I don't know, I forget what it was, high school or something like that. So she moved us, me and my brother, to to uh, Wissahickon or Ambler, and. So ever since then, been an ambler rat since then. <laughs> so, you, so you started at um, you started at at Madison Avenue like I did with Wizahicken. Yeah, for one yeah. year. For one year, one year got to put the flag up and down a couple times. I was pretty excited about that. At Madison, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, do you remember the old gym teacher, Mister? Um, oh man, what was his name? Man, he was. He was the he was the basketball coach, and he was also I think the custodian at Madison Avenue. Oh, Mr. Lyles, maybe. Mr. L I don't know, but I got to put up the flag a couple times. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, Mr. Lyles. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think there were safeties back then too. You had to wear the the uh, yeah the orange stripes. Yeah, were you a safety? No, okay. no, they never. They were. I wasn't good enough kid to be a safety. <laughs> But I was, I think I was good friends with the janitor for some reason. I think me and him hit it off. And, I, yeah, uh, I remember Mr. Lyles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely remember him like from the, from the um, basketball, like there, there was an Ambler league. It was this yeah. weird, like Ambler really only had a baseball league. 
like a legit Correct. baseball league. And then there was yeah. like this half-ass basketball league that we were all a part of, right? At at Madison. And the gym was like, you know the gym in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah. Where yeah. it's like it looks like there's two rows of people and they're playing like the fans are on the court basically. Cause it's so small. That's yeah. what ours was, but there was a, there was a stage at the end of it. Oh my God. What well, that is hilarious. Wasn't that the cafeteria? It too? was also the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about, mo- <laughs> Oh man, that's hilarious. I can't believe you remember that. And yeah, had- you just made me think about that. It reminds me of like a really big mansion. If someone had a basketball court inside their house, yeah, 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 it's like <laughs> where, where Dwight Howard rents for the for the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do Do you remember the the underneath? There was like an underneath way. Um, so like the entrance was over here with that little tiny parking lot, in you know, yeah. right in there, and the playground was over on this side. I hope it looks that way, or if it's reverse, I don't know if this looks right to yeah. you. But, and then there was like a wall, but down below in the wall was like a it was like a tunnel. You could like yeah go like walk along this wall but there was also a building it looks like a little parking garage but it was just it like looks, a fenced in area that you could like yeah. walk underneath right they caged just in there there yes. was a cage it was the cage to keep anything under six years old inside that cage and it was you like it, it was like the raining recess yes and it was still musty and there's definitely moss in the corners it was slippery as hell you know, like it was, it wasn't a safe place. It was concrete or uh, probably macadam or pavement or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, the square. Did they have the squares painted? The, the little bouncy bounce ball game you could play in the court on, on, in like the playground area. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, don't I feel like there were like, like hopscotch in because I think we used to yeah. line up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then who's your, how was, how old's your brother? My brother is third. He's um, he's forty eight, so he's way older. Oh wow! So yeah, um, so he was like in high school when you guys moved. Graduated. Yeah, well, actually, basically he was, and actually, that's he he stayed in Seattle for an extra year with uh, my mom's aunt lived out there. My aunt lived out there. And so we went, that's who we went and stayed with and, and, and got bought a place out there. Um, but my brother stayed for the last year of high school in Seattle. Uh, okay. We moved back here. He stayed out there for the one year and then moved back with us. Do you have any memories of the difference when you're you know coming out here versus the West Coast? Even if you don't have specific memories about Seattle, do you remember just like the feeling of coming? So you probably don't even realize how far it is. Everything probably feels far, but. Well. I'm, when we moved, when we moved out there, we actually drove out there with my dad. He drove us out there in a in a old, what was the yellow rental company? I forget, but it was. I think it was a U-Haul. I think U-Haul before they okay. changed, they branded. Um, and we literally it took us seven, eight days to get out there. We saw um, Yellowstone. We saw Redwood Forest. We saw a lot of a lot of cool. I, yeah. I remember, you know, you remember bits and pieces of it all the way through. I remember Yellowstone. Oh, it must have been, I forget what year. I mean, early 80s, early to late 80s. But Yellowstone was on fire for like three years. And we drove through and only a quarter of the park was open. Oh, wow. Sounds like today. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> Everywhere is on fire or under three feet of ice or. Yeah, whole, the, yeah, whole West Coast. Yeah, the whole and the East Coast. I mean, yeah. First ten miles is going pretty soon. 
So you come back and then when you're, um, what third grade, what's that? Eight, eight, I think eight, nine years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. and just you and your mom, just me and my mom for the first year. Then my brother came back. It was, uh, it was fun though. It was fun because we took a train when we moved back, we took a train back. So that was a relaxing experience. Very cool. Very mm. cool suit to take the train back. That's a, how long is that? Do you remember? You don't remember that time, right? No, no. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been, I, I think I would guesstimate five, six days, something like that. Wow. I don't yeah. know if I could do, I like road trips, but I don't know if I could do a train, like not on my own accord. Yeah. I yeah. So. I, I don't know well, if I liked, I was too young. I don't know if I liked it or not. Maybe I was a terror. Maybe my mom wanted to, you know, tie me up or something. I don't know. I took a, I remember taking a car ride to Boston when I was like 10. Um, and it took like six hours, seven hours. And it was, I just remember listening to like crisscross, like yes. four, four songs on the tape over and over again. Yeah. The tape for sure. So who are your friends? And when you, when you come into to Ambler, who are you hanging out with? Steve Newman a lot. I mean, that was my closest friend. It's still to this day, my best friend. So we, uh, Steve, I mean, Danny Coppolella, yeah. uh, the Mastromatos, you know, Dominic, all those guys, we all played at Picker and Field together. Theo Thompson was close with me. Uh, I mean, you got all the Brosnan, all those guys, you know, but, but the young, young crowd was really Steve Newman and LB, you know, LB, yeah. graduated, you know, you know, so that family gave his older brother, um, you know, Dewan, rest, mm -hmm. rest in peace. You know what I mean? He was a big part of those early, early years when we were just driving, driving around, you know, our bikes and going to house to house and Ambler. That's why I liked Ambler so much. It was such a good community to grow up in. Yeah. I was, uh, I was talking with a, a classmate um, from our class, Yuka, who came from Texas and he was so used to riding his BMX and his family moved to Bluebell when they came to Wissahickon. And yeah. there were no places. And I said, well, did you ever hang out in Ambler? He said, no. And I said, well, that's like, all we did was walk and ride our bike everywhere. Yeah. You everywhere. Know, with friends. Like we were just outside till the streetlight came on. And exactly. Was, you know, outside of Butler Pike, once you got past Butler Pike, it was pretty safe to go anywhere you needed to go. Yeah. Yeah. And the crossover and it, like, it was so, it was so, it's still so towny in there it, to cross over main street. You're our Butler Pike. You're fine. You know, at that age, and plus, you know, we grew up, I think, in a different era, obviously. But I think it's still like that. You know, I, I still have friends in there. And I think I, I would love to move back to Nambler, but I'm a country country guy now. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it's, um, it's really changed in that I think they're moving in. You know, I think a lot of people are moving out and they're moving a lot of people in. I know a couple of people that have moved there recently. And um, man, it just sounds, the prices just sound crazy. Crazy. I, Crazy. I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine, you know, like I saw what, what, um, when my dad died, I saw like what my parents paid for the house in South Ambler when we, when we moved there and it's just yeah. like, wow, they like, it's like, um, you know, it's like one and a half that now in, yeah. in Ambler. So I just, yeah. you know, money has, you know, salaries haven't gone up, but <laughs> no, not that much, not that much, but it's just like any other town around here. I mean, you know, Phoenixville's the same way. You know, they're pushing everybody out and their 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 row homes are going for a lot more money. You know, uh, Royersford, same thing. Yeah, I don't know about Royersford, but I know at least Phoenixville right, has a pretty cool like main street there. And like we've got Butler Pike and 
when we were growing up, like we had a few places that were that were open, but like not all the spots there were pristine. Like we didn't have all these restaurants. Like no, you know, no, Deterra like, was not there. No, like, no, nothing. Yeah, no, the, like, yeah, the yeah the the uh, the newsstand. You had yep. Candidas. Yep. I mean, that was Candidas. If you played a video game or had pizza, you went to Candidas. You drove your bike over Candidas. Yep. The shoe store. I mean, Reagan's, there's so many. Well, yeah. right, because Reagan's shoe store had um that was the that was the referee. Yeah. In, yes. in basketball, Gator, Gator. Oh my God. Gator. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what a breakthrough. And the podcast. We're done. We found it. We found it out of state. It's over. Gator. Oh my God. Wow. He did work. He did work at the shoe store. Oh my yes. God. Steve, Steve Newman would be crying right. Dewan got oh my God. I miss Dewan so much, but he would be on the floor. Cause I think Dewan <laughs> used to had, I think Dewan had a funny, funny expression about him. I forget what it was, man. I have to call Steve when this is over. Oh my God. So right, and, <laughs> and Reagan's shoes also had the um they had the uh, um, uh, the the hand the claw game that you yes. played you played till you lost or you played mm-hmm. yeah you played or no you played till you won till you won so yeah. you always like you just go in and and yeah that was the spot mm-hmm. and then before it was Rita's that was a cheesesteak place it was I mean, a seafood was, it was seafood right seafood for a while yes yes yeah yes. seafood. Yep, cross street was the pager guy. Who didn't? Who didn't know? Who didn't have their first cell phone from the pager guy? So um, then, when you went to when you went to middle school, you got these friends. When you get to middle school, for you, you know, I always talk about getting to middle school is a little different because I didn't have any of my friends from the neighborhood in yeah. my pods. Yeah, did yeah. you have those friends in the in the pods? Middle school was was an interesting experience because I wasn't into sports at that point. So like I, I didn't play anything really. And so I only had those groups. I think when I got into sports in eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, a little bit in seventh grade, that's when I started to, you know, remember, you know, getting close to people like Eric Payne was on my baseball team and those type people. What were you, uh, what were you into then? If you weren't into sports as a kid, like you're, you know, talk about, were you just playing in the neighborhood with friends? Exactly. Yeah. Playing in the neighborhood with friends. I Did mean, you- we played sports growing up from, from third grade on. Right. When you mentioned like Pickering, I'm sure Knights Park, yeah. right? You go down yeah. that yeah. stuff and that's like yeah. the prime area. That's where we always wanted, like I would hang out at Alex Mater's as a kid and yeah. he was on Madison Avenue and we would always hop over to Pickering field, you know, play, play baseball or whatever yeah. in the summertime. Yeah. When you're, when you get to high school, um, I always talk about like, I don't know for you, like with your grade, I'm not as familiar, but I'm assuming it's the same type of stuff, especially there's a lot of like brothers and, and in, in like your group of friends and all that. Um, and even like people from my class and, you know, their brothers and sisters in your class yeah. as well. Um, but I always felt like there was like an, kind of like this advanced like mentality as far as like dating and partying. Um, and of course you listen to podcasts, so you know, like yeah. I wasn't in any of that world. Where did you fall yeah. in that? in that realm i think it was cool in that realm like growing up i was hanging out with you know shay and gabe and dewan and steve and larissa who was you know steve newman's sister so like i was always hanging out with a little bit older of a crowd 
So when I was in eighth, ninth grade, I felt like I, I did a little bit of that in ninth grade, especially. And then, then everything changed around 10th grade when I started playing sports heavy. Like I was playing, you know, baseball, basketball, and football. I only played basketball one year because I wasn't that good. Um, as simple as that, but, you know, playing football really. And then, you know, when you, when you join a sports team, the, you know, the jocks meet up with the, the preppy kids. And, and that's when everything starts to get to in, intermingled where you start to meet other people, especially you said brothers. So just, just being friends with Eric Payne, his sister, Becky Payne. So we get to know, you know, that side, you know, all those girls and, you know, relationships you're trying to, at that age, you're, you're moving forward. You're, you're all, all, all eyes are on one prize, you know? Some. And that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, but, that, but that's just, that's just your age, man. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. that's, that's what you're after. You're dating and, you know, I don't remember drinking or smoking or anything, doing that too early, but I don't remember when I really like started. Um, when you mention like, you know, when, when I look at like the people that you hang out with now, or when I look at some of the pictures of the people you interact with on Facebook and like some of the people that I remember, like I look at them as like, I don't know, cool kids, but what I'm learning of course is like there's so many levels of like, you know, popularity yeah. and like people who are, who I may have all considered cool kids didn't all like each other, didn't all hang out with each other, but the groups all kind of, you know, you even named, you know, between the, just the people in Ambler who just all happen to go to Wizzahickon and then just other yeah. people from around, whether it was sports or, or what have you. Yeah. I just use that phrase. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's, so, a, it's so a lot of friends and, 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 so, yeah. and, and whatnot and so forth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of guys that you, that you named. And, you know, I do look at, you know, some of, I guess, like kind of broy maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you, do you look at it as like, do you think of yourself as like you were in like a popular kid crowd? I don't think so. I really don't. I really, I, I wouldn't say that. I would hope not. I would hope not. I really wouldn't because I, I would, my hope is my hope was, and still to this day, I think even when I was that age is that like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to be your friend, you know? And I never, sure. I never, cause, cause I think when I was younger, when I was in Shady Grove and, early middle school, I was kind of dorky. I, you know, one knew who what I was and it was me and Steve Newman. And like, that was really it. And like, yeah. so I kind of felt that, that cool kid, not cool kid thing. And I think as I grew up through high school, I was like, I'm not going to be like that. And I, I hope I wasn't too, you know, I hope there's no one sitting listening and like, Oh, that guy was an asshole. You know, I, I hope my goal would be that no one feels that way. You know, I'm asking you to pull like a random thing out of, you know, that may not even exist out of your memory that you may okay. not have. But like, did you do you feel like you were confronted with things like with situations like that where you could have con where you were consciously saying, I choose not to be that type of person or I choose not to laugh at that? Or I do you, do you do you remember like actually consciously thinking about stuff like that? I. Uh, not necessarily at, uh, I wouldn't say acting on it. Cause I don't think I was brave enough at that time to act on it, but I wouldn't do those things that, that, that other people would do yeah. make fun of things like that. I, I, I never was about that. Like I, I love, I love making fun of my friends. Like it's a passion of mine. I love busting stones and busting yeah. balls, but not to people that you're not friends with. And you know, nothing malicious, I think would be the word to use. 
were you, uh, did you work once you got into like high school? Yeah, I was working since I was 13. So I worked in, yeah, I worked at Axe Lifetime Retirement Community, Springhouse Estates. Yep. So my mom worked there. And so I got a job as a dishwasher very, you know, as soon as you're allowed to get your work papers. And I think it was 13 or 14. I really, I think it was yeah, really. So I worked there. I mean, I've worked, that was my first job and I haven't stopped since, <laughs> you know? So, you know, that's, I, I liked working there. It was a good experience. It's fun. What was, how long did you do that? What's your second job? Man, you got a long enough time. I, I don't know how. I don't know if you have enough time to go through all my jobs, but not not um, your third or your fourth. Just your. I'm just okay. curious. I'm just curious. Like when you're that age, like what was the what was like your your kind of like roundabout of the suburb suburb jobs? You so know, I, I, did, I only did one the entire pretty much the entire time. I worked at Wawa the entire time. No I worked, way. I worked at McDonald's um, out in Dresher for eight months when and the day i turned 16 i quit and i left and i went to wawa because they paid six dollars an hour yeah it's so much money it was like, like crazy and and Whoa. you get discount on like hoagies and and mm-hmm. i love who didn't love wawa hoagies so then yeah so yeah, yeah. then so yeah <laughs> you need to have the like ironic know, did, is there an old wawa logo like I don't think the was the bird always on top. I think Not it was always. just like block letters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all, yeah. they have a few different variations. I have like a few different uh, hats and nice, you know, different nice. styles. And um, so I so I went from you know in that axe retirement. I I cooked, I served, I dishwashed, I did it all for oh you moved a bunch around. of okay. bunch of years. I think I was there until right around when I turned eighteen. Because then when I turned eighteen, I went to the drafting room in Springhouse. Oh, I was okay. young. I was very young. And then I stayed did at you, the drafting room for many years. So did you work with Chrissy Shuck and Leslie Weber? Yes. Yes. That's yep. funny. All right. Yeah. We're putting, we're putting a nice little drafting yeah. room crew together. <laughs> oh my God. I, me and Steve talked two and a half hours on the way home from Florida. I'll tell you about Florida going down there to get, to get a truck. But uh, we talked about the drafting room from, maybe three hours wow. of like, so the draft room is a culinary institution. I'm not kidding you. When I say that there is at <laughs> least 10 chefs that have come out of that kitchen that are either business owners running their own kitchens, mm-hmm. you know, uber successful culinary people have come out of that place. Mm-hmm. It was, it was that good of a restaurant and well-run that it was is literally a culinary institution. Many, many fond memories from that place. And, you know, I turned 21 there. So like they, I had my yeah. 21st birthday party and, you know, the gag gifts you get from restaurant people. I got a blow up doll. I got a case of Schmitz. I got all the gag gifts you get. Schmitz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but drafting was the, you know, some of the, some of the best times I had in my life was drafting. I'm no question about it. I mean, we got it. You can't talk about the drafting room without, again, talking about the brunch and brunch. Oh my god, the French toast, the French toast, the French toast, and the brunch. You're right. The brunch was by far. I mean, you had JP out there cooking omelets for you. In later years, it was Jim. Jimmy Jam was out there cooking omelets for you. Jimmy Jam. Um, It was. It was a culinary. I mean, you know, Devin Tro. Uh, who other was taking Eric Festemacher worked there. Um, oh man, so many people came through that place. In that was in a, the, 
Bethlehem Pike, man, that was a strip. I mean, my Wawa was right down the road. That beverage yeah. uh, distributor was right down the street from there. There were, there were a few spots. The Pike was Taste uh, Italy right down there. Taste of Italy, yeah, or Joe Bombertito work. Yeah, that's right, Joe Bombertito. The best was the restaurant experience. I go in there at eighteen, and I'm surrounded by alcoholics, crazy people that party all night. That's the restaurant you know? business. It was nuts. It was nuts. And so I got into that lifestyle right away, right when I turned 18, you know, right when I was done high school, I was, I was trying to work every day, all day. Cause it was yeah. fun. It was, yeah. it was so much fun at that point. You'd work 55 hours and you know, you're done at nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night. What do you do? You drink and hang out with your restaurant friends. There's nothing else to do at that point. And so that was an awesome life experience yeah. between what I learned about cooking, which is nice. And just how hard that business was and how the customer service and, you know, how you got to treat your employees and, you know, mm. res- respecting immigrants and things like that, that, you know, right. I don't think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of other jobs offer you. Yeah. A lot of diversity. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, in high school, did you have a, a class, a favorite class, favorite teacher? Oh man. What was her name? I knew you were going to ask me this. And I, I had her name. Mrs. McCracken, English teacher. Really? Yes. Wow. It's, it's going to surprise everybody. Well, Mr. Dixon, I mean, Mr. Dixon was the man. Like, yeah. he was all around great guy. So he still is. Still is. Um, you know, Mr. Stokes. I love Mr. Stokes. He's yeah, a good Stokes. person. He still is. Still is. I saw him at a baseball thing a couple of years ago. That was really awesome to see him. But I think Miss McCracken, she did a lot for me. She kind of laid down the law for me when I was when I was a little probably more immature than I should have been in eleventh or twelfth grade. Yeah, and uh, you know she kind of set me straight for a semester or two. And how I respect. You? How were you immature? <clears throat> not doing my work. Uh, not yeah. do not keeping my grades up. Acting out in class, probably. You know, it's funny. Like that. I had a similar moment with Mr. McCracken also where I, uh, my senior year where I wasn't doing my work and I had like I remember having like a, a like a come clean moment where I had to tell my mom I said mom I don't know if I'm going to pass English like I haven't been doing my shit yeah. and I was kind of like in a don't care mode I think I think I'm remembering this correctly and we had to like call, I had my mom had to like get in contact with her and be like all right what's he have to do to like get his shit together and I had to like you know get my shit together. And that was with Miss McCracken's class. Yeah. I think we had the same experience with her. Maybe she did that for a lot of kids because I think I had to turn in, I think there are themes at that point. Yeah. Two or three themes to pass her class. Hmm. And she was like, well, you're, and I think that what I liked about her, I was who, who did it with me? Somebody volunteered to help me write the themes after class. And she like sat there and helped us. A teacher or a student? A student. I forget. Maybe Jess Mast. It was Jess Mast or Leanne. Oh, man. I forget. But it was, and she let me turn in those three papers. And I wrote them in like an hour after class or after that school day one day. Wow. And she just kind of laid down the law. And then ever since then, you know, we had a couple months left and she was awesome and, you know, nothing but positive and, a great person seeing her at the football games. She used to do the sidelines. We used to have great conversations when I was, you know, kind of fresh out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. With like your group of friends, were your friends like, do you, were your friends getting good grades? Were your friends making plans for college? 
what was kind of like the what was the making of of your group as far as like students academically? I it was a mix. It really it was probably like 50-50, like Steve Pelleggi, Susan, you know, Pelleggi now, Susan Mozart back then, you know, Becky, Jill Payne, Joe Kavanoff back then, you know, all those people were planning to go somewhere, Bloomsburg or you know, all the popular ones that, you know, Bloomsburg state, state school, state school, Penn state, you know, college, New Jersey, Becky went to Delaware, you know, all those state schools around us that they were all going somewhere. And I was, my head was buried in the restaurant business. And I was like, well, let's see what happens. And so they were kind of moving on real quick, but my grades were never good enough. I mean, I probably could have gotten into some low end schools and, you know, done the whole Monco route thing. But I was making really good money at 18 years old working at the drafting room. So I like kind of dived into that. So before you, you went to the drafting room and before you were at Axe, when you were like a kid, what did you, did you have like a dream job or something you wanted to do growing up? I think sports. I think it was something with sports. It was, I was so sports heavy for, for those men, those many years hmm. that I don't think I thought about very much more and hanging out and, you know, nothing, nothing that far ahead. I was never, I was never a visionary in that sense. Um, I never thought like that. It was kind of like, what's next, you know, what's, what are we going to do next? Basically not, not six months from now, but what are we doing tomorrow? How are we going to have fun tomorrow? Did you ever, did you ever like, I don't know, flirt with anything in high school that you thought, you know, did you ever like take computer graphics and think like, oh, I'm good at this. Maybe, maybe I should do this. Maybe I can make money doing that. Like, was there anything that you ever kind of like flirted with that you thought maybe I should do this and you just didn't really fall through or see it? I think it was uh, Mr. Dixon's class, the CAD program where you were designing houses and, and things like that with that CAD, CAD one, CAD two that we were, but I never took anything. I loved it. I, I really did, but I just never applied myself. I never learned you know, I never sat down like I don't necessarily read books now, but I listen to a lot of books and that, you know, I was never a good reader. I never liked reading in public. It's not I was never good at reading. I was excellent at math and science, you know, and so audible books now I, I love listening to them. when I'm working. I love it. I love it. I think it's I think it's good for everybody. You should, you know, if you're not doing it, you should do it. Um, but back then it was I didn't care, man. It was just like you said, it's like this weird I don't care mode. And like, I didn't have any plans for my future at all in those years. And as soon as I hit the restaurant business, it was, it was over. Well, there was no, there was definitely no plans at that point. Did you ever have discussions with your mom as far as like what her expectations were for you? And like, did you ever have that? You, you should be going to college. I think I'm expecting you to go to college or was it whatever you want to, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. It's whatever makes you happy. It, It really was. She knew, I was, I was really, when I, when I started, I really got passionate about the the culinary industry and I was doing things and she thought, and I both thought that, Hey, that's a, probably a good path. And then after a year, I was 19, I decided to try college. And so I went to college for one year to Thaddeus Stevens college of technology in Lancaster PA right near Millersville. Okay. So did that for a year. Did you move Me, out there? Yeah, we, I lived out there for the whole year. I mean, I was, that's the funny part. I was living out there, 
you know, Monday through Friday, coming home Friday night, working in the restaurant business, Friday night rush, Saturday all day, Sunday brunch, go home. And I did that for the entire year, maybe a couple weekends off, but I, that was my, my routine. And I went with, you know, Eric Payne was up there doing auto body. Uh, Brian Finnegan was up there doing plumbing. Um, you know, so that I had a connection up there. I was like, let's, let's go try it. It was a very cheap technical school. I think it was like eight grand for the year. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. And I went up there for cabinetry to build, uh, you know, cabinetry, interior design, furniture, construction, things like that. And I got into it and I was like, this is terrible. This is not, <laughs> this is not what I want to do. Like everything was, everything was like down to the 32nd of an inch. The first project, listen, the first project they gave us was you had to make a two by two block and it has to be perfectly square. And they say, the only catch is you can't use any power tools. So you had to like chisel it and like scrape it and sand it. And like, and he'd take out this goddamn electric to to test the 90 degree angle. And he'd be like, you're off one seventy eighth, And you're like, oh no, you get a D. You failed, you know, it was so, I hated it from the beginning. It was so meticulous and it's just not my style, you know, then the restaurant business just took over from there. So you're, you're, um, you're doing this for one year. What are you thinking while you're doing this as the year's coming up? Cause you don't go back. No, I don't go back. I don't think they invite, I don't think I was the one, I don't think I was invited back. Failed my grades, out Cause you got a D. I, I got a D and I was pissed. Yeah. And I, I think towards the end of the year, I knew I wasn't going to do good. And I was like, just forget it. And I think, I think it was one of those, you know, you weren't, you weren't thinking through, I should have, I should have probably just tried to stick through and applied myself more, but I just didn't enjoy it. I knew it wasn't going to be something I'm going to do every day. So I did it for a year and I got a D I got like a 68 and that wasn't passing in, in the tech school of 70 or above. And I, I just didn't go back. Did you ever have the option? Did you ever think about going to tech school when you were was a Hicken? Yeah, I thought about because Steve went to tech school. He went for culinary. Um, a lot of our friends went for you know a couple of different things, and I thought about it, but that was a weird dynamic too. The 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 people or the the kind of kids that went to tech school were, you know, I don't know. A lot of Ambler kids went to tech school, so there's a there's a demographic there of the Bluebell kids compared to the Ambler kids, you know. And I think that I was probably trying to stay out of something at that young age. So you were, you thought you were like, it was too labeling, labeling. Yeah. I was like, well, I didn't want to be a plumber, man. I didn't want to be a plumber. I was going to go to college and, you know, I was going to do this or that. And, you know, but you know, my grades were never good by any means. So, you know, going into 11th, 12th grade, I don't think I thought I was going to go to, you know, Penn state or something like that. Did you want to, did you like, I did, I did. I, cause I, football, you know, I, I, did, I played all positions, but you know, I was, I was the kicker too. And I was damn good at being a kicker and a punter. And so I got letters from Pitt. I got letters from slippery rock out there that really wanted me and like university of Delaware. And like, if, yeah. if I, and it's a shame, you know, you think back on that. And at that point when I was getting those letters, it was almost too late that I wish I would have, I always think that I wish I would have really applied myself and got good grades just because of that. That's a huge advantage for colleges. And, but then you look back and you say, I don't know, 
there's a lot of people that didn't go to college. They're super successful. And there's a lot of people that went to college that aren't. So, you know, it's really like how you look at life and how you're, you're, you're brought up in your work ethic. Yeah. And what your goal, what your goals are for success, what, what, you for know, sure. what defines success for you? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, there's a lot of people out there and a lot of people in my industry that want a million customers with a hundred million dollars in revenue. And, um, but there's other guys that, Hey, I got, I got one guy working for me and that's enough revenue to make me happy. So, yeah. you know, you know, I have two young kids now, I got a three-year-old and a one-year-old. So, I don't know where I'm going to push them. Do I push them to college or do I push them into a trade or, you know, it's, it's a weird scenario. I don't, I'm not totally sold on college is the answer. You said 10th grade is when you started doing sports. 10th, yep. 10th grade. I played uh, basketball, baseball, and football. 11th grade. I played baseball, football, 12th grade. I played football. So what, what changed that, what changed was there not enough competition in the neighborhood? What changed that you started actually doing sports with school? I think cause the, the just all the friends like fence to was really into baseball. I was always really into baseball and I never really, I, I played in, you know, played, I guess I played baseball basically every year, eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Yeah. Up to 11th grade. I played baseball, Okay, but I wasn't, I don't think I was good enough. I probably, you know, if I applied, I, I was okay. You know, I was a middle of the road baseball player. Um, I don't think I would have got too much playing time senior year, but football was different because football, no one came out in Wissick and like our, when we graduated 2000, you know, you could, I don't know, we must have had 28 guys come out or 40 guys come out for to field a whole football team. Yeah. Everybody was playing soccer and basketball. All the athletes were playing soccer. You know, they were winning, they were going to the States. <laughs> we didn't win a game. We lost every single game my senior year. It was terrible. It's heartbreaking. It's, I talked about this with uh with Tom Beal. Um oh my I, think, God. I think they I think they had like won one or two. Um was there I mean you talked about you know slippery rock and 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 some of these schools that it reached yeah. out. Um, you know, I asked Tom, was it you know, was it frustrating to be on a team that wasn't winning when he wanted he wanted to go to college for sports at the time you know when you're and you did it the whole way through was there like clearly you, you thought about maybe i yeah. go to college for football was that like a frustrating besides just the fuck like no one's no one's even coming out to help us you know no i, I think what i thought was that it would be fun to play college football like that would be a fun experience uh, yeah and that's what drove me to like be good at all aspects of football. Cause I was like, Oh my God, can you imagine playing at Pitt stadium? Can you imagine playing at university of Delaware? Like that would be an awesome experience. I mean, I played football at Thaddeus Stevens college of technology. We were a Juco school. We yeah. played blues. We played Bloomsburg's JV team. We played the deaf team from DC. Um, I forget the name of their college. We played all like the Juco, other Juco schools in the area. And that was, that was fun. I mean, it kind of, it, it was fun. We, you know, we got to play college football for a year. Yeah. Um, Do you remember Doc I Doyle? Doc Doyle. He was the, he was the sports education teacher. No. Okay. Uh, Doc? No. From high school. Yeah. High school doc. No, I'm thinking Maybe of Mr. It's science. So I'm thinking of Mr. Lomity. No, Mr. Lomity. Yeah. 
Who were the two math teachers? Sabo. Sabo? Sabia. Sabia. Mike and Mike and Warren. Yeah. Uh, I think one of them we don't like to talk about anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Some of, some of these teachers, uh, some of these teachers make it on the, on the no fly zone. Oh, um, not like in a, you can talk about whoever you want, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'll just, I, did, I just mean in the, in the fact that some of them are go beyond praise with some of their actions. So yeah, 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 for sure. That's a, that's just my disclaimer to people when they go, Oh yeah. I wonder what happened to him. That's just my disclaimer to them to let them, to let you know, you know, not good things. He didn't, he didn't turn out great. Yeah. I'm <laughs> using my serious voice. Yeah. You do have, you do, do you have just listening to you? Do you do any voiceover work? Yeah. I do movie phone and I do no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did radio in college. So, you know, I did shit like this kind of, um, where'd you go to, where'd you go to school? So I did, uh, I got my associates at Monco. Okay. And then I went to temple and finished nice. up there. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Temple's a great school. But like you, I, I, you know, for me in high school, I didn't know, I had no clue what I yeah. wanted to do. And I remember, you know, people asking me, and I think like maybe in the high school newspaper, um, and I can imagine people asking me like, Hey, where are you going next year when they're going to sign my yearbook? Cause they all wrote like, good luck and whatever you decide to do. Cause they probably asked me, Hey, where are you going? And I go, I don't know. Cause I didn't really even like, Monko. Yeah, I yeah. guess I didn't even want to say that. I didn't want to say yeah. Monco, you know, like I, like you talk about the stigma of tech school. I, there was a stigma of Monco. And, oh, for sure. And I didn't want to like admit that I was going to be that kid that went to Monco. Yeah. And, and where am I? You know what it was like? Um, were your grades good though? Were you doing well in school? I mean, I told you that story where I thought I was going to fail yeah. English class. I probably ended up with like a C or a B. I was a BC. Yeah. I was a I was a BC student in everything except for like math and chorus. Yeah. Everything else, you know, those were like A's. But everything yeah. else was like a, was like a BC territory science. You know, science was yeah. a C. History was a B. English yeah. was English was an A or a B. Yeah. Um, I was good. I was a good writer, but I wasn't good at like reading. I hated reading. Yeah. Um, I hated yeah. assigned reading. Assigned know? reading was tough. Yeah. So very similar, you know, and, and just mm. not doing stuff and, and being bored with things, you know, like just not, and not being able to pay attention and just, yeah, you know, it was, it was just hit and miss from every class to every class. I, I would have it a different, a different attention span, a different, mindset and you just never yeah. knew how I was going to take a class or a subject or the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're a big hip hop head. So did was music a driving force in the early, the, the early college years at Monco? Was that something you were like, Oh, I want to get into this music production. You know, was that something you were into? I, 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 I don't specifically, but I, one of the, the things I remember about you is that you were like a, a fucking encyclopedia when it came to hip hop. And I think you, you still are, you know, and that's like a passion of yours. So I, when I think of yeah. you, when I was thinking of Brad, I think I remember seeing you at PJs a bunch of times. And I remember you in, you know, slightly in the young, young years, but those middle years, I just remember you being a hip hop head and being able to talk to anybody about hip hop. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I've always been a rap fan 
Um, but I was never, I was just like a radio rap fan. That's how I grew up. Like whatever was on, on, on Q102, I didn't even listen mm -hmm. to power 99. I wasn't even that type of rap fan. I didn't like Wu-Tang Clan. They didn't have any choruses in their, in their songs. Like it was just yeah. all verse, verse, verse it was six verses. Like yeah. I just wasn't, I liked, you know, I liked hip hop hooray and Chris Cross and positive yeah, yeah, yeah. K and, and the softer yeah. shit like Shanice and Jane yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, you know Fuji's and yeah, yeah. I like you know Fuji's were cool and and then I love like Diddy and and um I have like a, a bit of like an a, an obsessive like personality um where like when I'm into something I'm really into something I can remember like me and my buddy Ray like listening to to Tupac do hit him up and him being like you know fuck the east side you know ride with the west side because you and I both know it's the best side or whatever yeah, like, yeah, yeah. can't remember what the exact line is but. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, fuck that East side. And like wanting to yeah. get like a theme of East coast city t-shirts. Like yeah. I want something yeah. that says like Tampa Bay and like all up and down the East coast. So people know I'm East coast. And <laughs> you know, like I was very into that, but it wasn't until the, until I got really big with the internet okay. and downloading songs off of Napster. And yes. there was this website. It still exists. I'm pretty sure it's called, um, Ula original hip hop lyrics archive.com and yeah. this was like the first really really extensive library of rap lyrics on the internet that i'd ever seen this was like uh, 2000 1999 2000 yeah um and so napster limewire whatever kazaa whatever was the hot thing at the time was out and these saw the he they would just post whatever new lyrics they just put up today and they would just put like 40 to 50 different lyrics of songs up some would be brand new songs that have just come yeah. out and some would be song you know every song from ice t and so i would just whatever oh they uploaded this this and this okay and i would search that would give me songs to search and all of a sudden i'm like listening to like you know, just like shit. I'd never, ever, you know, yeah. Like Raekwon or like, you know, one of those, not even like brother yeah. Lynch hung and, and, <laughs> okay. and, and, uh, slim Calhoun. See, and, you're, you're, yeah. that's, that's Spanish to me. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Like I, I'm, you know, just like this, I guess like underground stuff, yeah. but I think like, you know, I think like most like real big hip hop heads would know, but then there's stuff like beyond that. I just never knew. But in at Monco, I started my my sophomore year. I I was a film major. I was a communications major, but I was always video focused. But I started going to um, Monco Radio, or it was called WRFM. Then I was doing the radio station there. I signed up to be a wrestling host Whoa. to host a wrestling show. What? What? What do you mean? Like what that that Monco was putting on, or I was like going to host a show about wrestling on the radio show where I oh. talk about wrestling like every week. Okay. I was going to be like okay. it was like me and my buddy like this, like it's us in the studio, and I'm like this, and I'm just like, yo, it's the red shirt player. You're listening to WRFM. It's the red shirt player and the who? That was my my co-host name, and it was just me and my buddy, and we we're just talking about here's what happened on Raw. Here's the inside scoop. Here's what's all the here's all the news. And then we were going down to a, a wrestling show uh, down in South Philly every month that Jasmine St. Clair, remember her? Mm, no. Porn star. Um, no. Sorry. So she was she ran a wrestling company. It's a good fig. I know you know who she is. It's, she's uh she's running like a wrestling company, and they were running in Philly every month. 
And okay. so we were go, we were bringing friends down and we bring like 15 people down to come down to the show. And she's like, Hey, you brought all these people. I'm like, yeah. And you know, 15 people at 15 a pop, we're bringing like a good amount of money in of people that are coming yeah. and drinking and partying and stuff. So she was like, Hey, I'd love to like, you know, work something out. So we would always bring people down and she would get me and my friend in every month for free and okay. bring like a crew of people. And she would tell us what matches she was having. We promoted on our show. We'd bring all these college kids down. And that was kind of like my foray into doing radio in any type yeah. of like what, you know, I was 19. I didn't even drink. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, yeah. even, I wasn't even drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> you know, yeah. So that was kind of how it started. But at the same time, I was always doing like video and film and all that stuff. And um, I was always in the, and so while I'm there, I wasn't doing like a, a rap show, but I learned about college radio and that there are all these other artists that are bubbling that mm -hmm. don't promote to the major market radio stations. They promote specifically to college radio and that there's, you know, CMJ college music journal that okay. charts college artists and college bands or whatever. And like from hip hop perspective that there's these artists that like at the most popular at the time were like Jurassic five or um, outcast was like the very, very most popular of like yeah. college music type of artists. But like, was that, was that to, was that to create, did the artists do that on purpose to create buzz in the younger communities? Exactly. Because you know, you, there's no room on, you know, power 99 is not going to play. Um, yeah. Not going to play. Uh, Ram squad. Not even Ram. Yeah, I guess Ram Squad would be that. You know, but that's the thing, right? Ram Ram Squad's doing freestyles for hot for for Kev, for Cosmic Kev, right? How yeah, many songs right. is are, is Power ninety nine playing for Ram mm -hmm. Squad on the radio at two o'clock in the afternoon? But yeah, who will play music like that or artists like that are college kids who are getting yeah, special yeah. attention. Hey, we're sending you this nineteen year old kid free CDs. Yeah. How about how about concert tickets? You want to go see? I used to see, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Killer Mike and um, LP uh, run mm -hmm. the jewels. I was seeing LP. LP ran one of those record companies with a bunch of artists that are still rapping today of just like underground college radio heavy artists. And I used to see that dude fucking 15 years ago at the first yeah. Unitarian Church. Yeah, yeah. So like that's and and so that's like a guy that, you know, that's that's like the type of artist that you used to see back then. But it gave me this whole new world of like music that I never knew about was seeing the lyrics because you're a word guy. Did, did seeing those lyrics change your your perspective on rap music? It or it just it just cleared everything up. It I think I used it more just like a catalog. Not so much of like I'm gonna I'm gonna download the song and I'm gonna rap the lyrics to the there are some songs like that, right? Like, you know, bombs over Baghdad, you gotta try and see if you can keep up or whatever. You know, there's songs like that that have come out that you're just like, I wonder if I can do this. Um, it was just really more of like a cataloging. And I think that's where I get like kind of like I'm I have a very articulate uh iTunes playlist of like tens, Chris, I'm telling you it's sick, tens of thousands of songs. I still I still operate like this. I still download MP3s because I don't like those radio stations that curate music for you. Oh, you listen to you listen to this uh, song with Nelly, so now we think you want every soft ass rap song 
that we got. Yeah, it's like, no, I don't want to, I don't like all young thug songs. Are you, are you, do you, do you categorize, are you one of those guys that categorizes everything and it's all perfectly laid out? So if you need to find a song, you're like, uh, that's in folder C8 on the left hand side. So it's, it's iTunes. So I'm, I'm going like this because I'm looking at it right now, but it's like I have like every field filled out, right? Title, artist, album. Uh, you would hate to see my genre year. Uh, but see, yeah, it's helpful. I mean, it's helpful because I can make like these what's called smart playlists. This is so nerdy. I'm going to completely cut this out of the fucking so podcast. Wait, no. But let me, let me, let me finish. Yeah. I have play. I have playlists too. Yeah. I make playlists. They're all called playlists. I never change the name. So the only way I know the difference between the playlists is that I see the pictures of the four albums that are on. Yeah, the playlist. yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I know that one, and I, that's the one I like. I pick. I'm terrible at it, but I just thought. So that's how, but this is how I've always operated, right? Download the songs. I used to make CDs. Uh, I, I keep the booklet in my in my car, and I like I knew all like every CD kind of like I had Hot Mix One, Hot Mix Two, all the way to Hot Mix Ten. I had you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like Club Brad, yeah. like I, and I still operate yeah. like that. I I put up uh, I put playlists out on like Spotify for people to just like I have like twenty fucking playlists of just hip hop songs for people to listen nice. to at the, at the gym, just aggressive yeah. hip hop music. I love curating music for moods. Yeah. Yeah. While we're talking about music, that kind of, you know, leads me to one of the funny things that I I remember that you probably don't even know. So there's a, there's this, there's this time when I was in high school um, and I can't, I can't place what grade you would have been in. It's possible you were in 10th grade. That's my guess. Uh, You were driving, you had a, you had a car. 11th grade. So 11th grade. Um, and I was scheduled to go to a wrestling show with uh, Brian Clayton yes. and Leon Osowski. Do you know what this is? No, no. But I remember uh, I'm, I'm getting warmer, I feel like. Brian Clayton and, Leo, and Leon Osowski, the three of us were supposed to go to this wrestling show at the Wells Fargo Center. And it's like, you know, the show's at like five o'clock and it's like two, three o'clock. No one's heard from Brian. And finally, Leon calls me. He's like, yo, Brian called. His car is like shut down, broke down. We can't, you know, he had the, the big blue or something. He called her. Yeah. Yeah. Big uh, blue. It was yeah. like a, it was like a Ford, uh, uh, Taurus or something like that. It was, <laughs> I can't remember. It was, I remember, he had a S- I remember he had an SUV and that was beat up too, but I don't remember the, the little it, car, but, but so, nice. so he, so he, it's broken down and I'm like, so we're not going. He's like, yeah, we're not going dude. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like 10 minutes later, they're ringing my buzzer and I'm like, hello. He's like, Hey, we're downstairs. And I come downstairs and it's, it's Brian and Leon in your car. No. Yes. In your car. And you apparently lent your car to Brian Clayton for the day. So we could drive down to wrestling down the city. You had like, um, you had like, you had like equalizer in your dash. Oh my God. Was that the, was it a Buick Regal? I think it was not, it, it like felt cool to me. I, don't know, I was like four. I was like fifteen. Oh, an Acura Legend. That sounds and more a, like a, a white Acura Legend with all the little oh. knobs, right? Oh my god, the Acura Legend. Yeah. That was a sweet ride, man. I was so cool. I was so cool till I crashed that thing. It was a cool um, car. It was. It was. It had a CD. It had a CD player in the in the in the console. Yeah. 
automatic everything. Oh man, it rode like a dream. That was a nice car. I still am friends with Brian Clayton to this day. I see him. He lives half an hour from me. His mom helps my mom watch the kids. Um, uh, yeah, we're still real close. Brian was Brian and uh, Harold Gant and uh, yeah. Smalls. Smalls, uh, yeah, were part of like I, that that group of kids. The, the you know seniors, I guess, when I was a freshman, that yeah. were like um, all into wrestling, and we would hang out and watch wrestling together. Yeah, yeah. Smalls is Smalls was. Into, and him and Harold were like, you know, two peas in a pod for a long time. And, you know, Brian was part of that. And, you know, you know, Will Clayton was down there, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Miles Timbers and all those guys and James Wise, Moo, you know, yep. all those, you know, you're, you're making me think of all these friends, you know, from high school. These all these people that like, oh, I, I haven't seen in years. I mean, I, I see, you know, you see Miles on Facebook, you see, you know, yeah. a lot. Of, I mean, and that's why Facebook's weird. It's like, I don't know. You like, or you, you do something with a post, but would you say hello to him at the bar or from across the way? You know? Yeah. You, I mean, it's hard to say now cause now I'm the was guy. So now I would oh, say, yeah, right. You have to, Yeah. do you want to interview? But like, but yeah, I think, and that's why that was one of the reasons why I started the podcast because I would see these people out and it was like, and I would say hi and we didn't have anything of substance to talk about because we never had a relationship to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, You know, think about now, if I were to run into you at the bar, how much more we could talk about now, just in the, you know, hour that we've been talking, how much more now we like could actually like talk about versus, you know, this was two years ago. I don't have a clue what I would talk to you about. I would drunkenly tell you, oh, dude, I I fucking was in your car. This one time. That was awesome, man. Yeah, the switches. Yeah, the switches, man. Equalizers, man. And you would be like, the fuck? And maybe like a month later, you'd be like, oh, the Acura. Acura. Brad Corbin, dude. Like, he was fucked. He was fucked up, man. That guy's funny. He's got a good beard, though. I love his beard. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a great beard. I'm so jealous of his beard every time I see it. Damn it. You know, like, that's what I'd be saying. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, dude. (laughs) oh man yeah yeah it's funny it's funny but yeah i mean high school is interesting man it was fun i give anything to go back just so i would apply myself what was like your world like in school was it um do you have like like conflicts was it easy sailing what kind of like a you know what was your like life like in school it was it was pretty easy no nothing major happened in those times and I was, I did just enough to pass, to get through the next level, just, just enough to get to the next, I passed math, I passed English, I passed history. And, you know, like I said, I don't, I look for the next day, you know, and that's, I never looked for, never thought to myself, you know, I should do good in school so I can go to a really good college and continue with that. I just never thought that far ahead. And I still don't think I think that far ahead. I'm a visionary when it comes to my business now because I have to be. But I still enjoy the day-to-day grind more than I enjoy seeing what I can do next. Interesting. That's interesting. But business, you have to be a visionary. You got to see what you got to make sure you get what's coming. I'm, uh, you know, I'm in the very beginning stages of all that, um, as far as like doing my own stuff. And one of the hardest, the hardest part is not just thinking about today. Yeah. That is, that is the hardest part for me is like when like 
when today finally happens and I go, fuck, I should have like three days ago. I wish I had, I wish that was like written down on my pad and I had thought mm-hmm. about that and I just started doing that a little bit now. Cause I hate that I'm doing it right now. That what it feels like the last minute, you know? Yeah. 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 It, it's, but you know, because I came from a company that does two companies that does the same thing that I do, it allowed, it allowed me to know what I needed to do to be successful. And then all I had to do was throw my, my flair on everything, how I want to run my business, how I want to treat my employees, how I want to pay my employees, what kind of products I want to put down, what kind of products I want to use. So that was an advantage that I had for sure. It was almost, you know, I'm, Almost, I'll be 40 this year. So it was almost an epiphany I had a couple of years ago. Like I haven't, I have the knowledge. I have the energy still. How can I spin this my way and make a business out of it? And that's what I, you know, that's where I, I went with it. I just went jump one day. So there was a point in my life, um, man, two, I, I can't even think maybe like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. where I was doing nothing, like nothing. I had done WWE. I had gone to California. Um, I had tried to like get a feel for what I need to do. I didn't really have a clue. It felt like you had to kind of bullshit. And it was, even at that, it felt like it was a crapshoot in just like maybe or maybe not. Mm-hmm. There didn't seem to be like a path where like you can take this. And that's how I like to operate, right? Here's the path you take at the end of that path. Here, here are your options, right? I, I don't like to operate on so much. Like it's not in my control. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's tough for me. So like I did the LA thing and hated that came back, just wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, and I was at this point where I had to figure it the fuck out because yeah. I was, uh, approaching 30 or was 30. Um, and I had to, you know, I had to start like, I had to like continue my life. I couldn't stop life because I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. I went to a job fair and I remember looking around the job fair and like the only guy that was at the tape that was still at his table was a lawn care company. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. And they're dying. We're dying for good employees. And I remember him giving me the, the, his card or whatever and talking to me and like asking me like, well, so what are you doing? And it's like, you know, at this point I was like five years out, out of college, maybe more. And it's like, well, you know, I I was a film major and like, I tried, like, I tried like my hand at writing and like doing like, you know, TV or like I went to LA, I didn't really like it. Oh, well, you know, this, here's like a job, here's like a great job with like you work and you get yourself, get yourself off the benefits. And here's the thing. And like, and I just remember thinking, I can't do this job. Yeah. And I don't want to say that was like a, the lowest point. I don't want to be over dramatic about it, but from like thinking about what could I do? How can I, how can I apply myself? What are the things and here being offered what everyone should want as far as like security, right? Like, I just want a place where I can go, I can work, I can apply myself and I can, you know, support myself and live. Yeah. And yeah. I remember thinking, I can't do this. It was mostly an ego thing. I yeah. couldn't get over my own shit to like do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And for me, that's like such a hard moment in my life, honestly, to like get past that. I, that like, I felt like that, that I had the, the nerve to feel like that. And that, man, if things hadn't like, if think, if I hadn't figured it out, how much I would look back on that opportunity and kick myself for not trying something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's funny you say that. Cause I, when I got into lawn care, I tried lawn care. It wasn't like I was like drawn to making grass green. That's not how, that's not how it worked. And it was me being burnt out from the restaurant business and not being able to work nights and weekends and, you know, pretty serious girlfriend. My wife now never saw her. She was in the restaurant business. So like, it was just a very hectic time frame for me. And like, and just barely scraping by, you don't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was making a ton of money. Like, yeah, that was a ton of money when I was 18 and when I was 19 and 20. But when I started taking credit cards out and wanting to move out and buy a nice car and everything else, then you, then you look at that salary I was making at 28, 30 years old, like, Oh my God, how did I live on that? You know? And so I got to a breaking point where I just didn't want to do nights and weekends. And I was like, I want to do something outside. I want to do something outside. I like being outside. I hate being inside. I've been inside my whole life. I don't do anything outside. And so not my whole life, but my whole work career. Yeah. And so I just answered a Craigslist ad for Scott's lawn care. And I haven't really looked back since I had a brief moment in between jobs where I, I went back to a restaurant to help a buddy open it. But besides that, I mean, I would never, never go back and, you know, hopefully I won't have to. When you're, so you're working the restaurant business and at this point now you've done the cabinetry, cabinetry, Cab, cabinetry, uh, cabinetry. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. you've done, you've been in the restaurant now. You're like pretty much your entire childhood, uh, yeah. up until you're, you know, you're past that. Um, you know, that, that the, the college wasn't for you, at least that version of it. Um, yeah. so when you, I mean, what's when you're, you know, for me again, like when I'm, when I'm at this point where it's like, when I went to this job fair, it was like, I knew I had nothing going on for me. It felt like this, like, fuck, like for you, when you're, when you're doing this and you're burned out. And you're thinking lawn care. What's your what's your thought when you're thinking, okay, Scott's lawn care? The same thing that the same thing that guy offered you 401k benefits, able to move up in the company, nine to five job or six to two, really, with the the lawn care side of it. But like it was just an opportunity. The restaurant, there was no 401k, there's barely any medical benefits. I worked my way when I restaurant, I was I was everything. I was a line cook. I was a dishwasher. I was a sous chef. I made it all the way up to restaurant. I was running a restaurant called Blue Sky Cafe in East Narden. I was the GM for that place. And I was 25 years old and I ran a restaurant. So you think I had everything figured out. I was going to be in the restaurant business. I had a passion for it. And then I just, I think it got sour when I got real serious with my wife. And we were like settling down a little bit, maybe looking at to, to rent a home together or rent a house together or something, whatever it was. Mm. And we both were like, we just don't want to work all these hours. If we ever plan to have a family, how would we ever do it? Like it would just not work. And mm. it's not a good lifestyle. It's not healthy for you. It's there's a, there's a ton of reasons. And you have to be, if you're into the restaurant, you have to be into it. You have to be passionate about it. You have to be on top of your game all the time. And 
it's a hard business to make money in. The, the yeah. profit margins are, I always tell people, you know, every dollar you spend at a restaurant, the restaurant makes about three cents, if right. that, you know, and that's a crazy amount of money when you compare other businesses and profit margins. Were you engaged or were you just dating? And you said you wanted no, to we're, a house. No, we're, 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 we're married, I think, at that point when I switched careers to Scott's. Okay. So we we had our own place, a condo in, in uh, East Narton. And what's your wife's name? Michelle. So was the whole plan like, let's ride this out at Scott's and career-wise, like, let's get into this 401k. Let's get like a, a plan going. Let's like get like a, 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 a I don't know what the secure salary. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the way I looked at Scott's was I'm like a grinder. And I just go for stuff and I'll, I'll dive into something just like, just like you, it's very similar. Like I don't get obsessed with things, but I grind, like I don't mind grinding and I don't mind learning. And so I think when I was at Scott's, it was an opportunity to try something different. But once I got there, I really enjoyed it because there was a lot of freedom. There was opportunity to move up. There was, there's management. There was a, a, you know, a, a company ladder, you know, mm. you could move up to this position, this position after being there, I think it was just a, a chance, just taking a chance on place. And then after being there for a little bit, I realized I liked it. And hey, why not just grind as hard as I can and try to be a manager, try to grow and maybe lead people? Because I've always in the restaurant, I was I, I had I had employees, I had waitresses, I had bartenders, I did all the scheduling. So I thought I had a really good idea of how to communicate well with customers mm-hmm. and how to lead people. So I thought with all those characteristics, maybe I can move up in this, in this business. And that's what happened. And I, I had, I, that's what I thought maybe I could do with Wawa. Um, you know, I was at Wawa till 2007. So wow. I thought that's what I thought. Like, cause I, I went into corporate after college and mm-hmm. I thought like, Oh, I've got like, you know, I'm a college graduate. I've been in the stores for like seven, eight years. I've got like now this corporate experience. Um, I'm like the perfect model. And then it just didn't pan out that way. So, um, yeah, but like that was, that was, it's funny. Like just that, that was my exact, I thought, um, this fits, you know, I know how to do this. Yeah. You know, yeah I, I don't mind this set to do this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't mind this. Uh-huh. I like, it's so comfortable. I know I speak it so well at this point. You've learned the business, you yeah. know, the business inside and out. Yeah. yeah it's, a com- like- it's a very comfortable feeling. It really was. It really was. Um, and I, and I really did at the time, you know, I was a few years, I graduated in 06. So I was, I was two years, a year and a half out of, out of college by the time I left. But, but at that point, yeah, I thought this is a great fucking like step. Like, here I go. I'm going to be the Mr. Wawa. Hey, Hey, I'm going to be that guy. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. That's crazy. I mean, you were there when they were like, not a little store. They were never, I mean, in well, we were, yeah, but you, you were there store, when yeah, they was, went to like, they went, no, you, they went to super Wawa's, right? That was, I, that was, the I big, was, I was there before, before there were gas stores. I was there back when like, oh, I like to say I've, I, I just started releasing rap songs and I've got, um, I've got Wawa references in them. Um, I, <laughs> I've got a line where I say, I was writing hot rhymes about exotic coffee grinds at 16 in Springhouse back when gum was a dime. So you think <laughs> how long ago was gum 10 cents? That's yeah. how long ago I was working at Wawa. You were, you're probably like, this, this is what I always tell about when people, 
they always ask you from out of town, oh, how's the Wawa? Do I like? And I say, listen, if you were to go to Wawa back in 1998, right. that's Wawa. That's what right. I grew up on. Right. It was it was a fresh Amoroso roll, roll delivered that morning. Yep. It was sliced. Now it was it was very proportionate. I'm not I'm not saying it like it was an overflowing host, but it was hands hands all sliced the meat, right. All the meat except for the ham. Everything everything except for ham was hand sliced, the turkey yeah. and the cheese. The cheese was usually in a in a thing, but even like yeah. provolone and or no uh like Swiss we had to do ourselves. Bologna, yeah. and you could buy meat. Curry. Right. You could get you could order like bologna, uh Munster cheese, hot mm-hmm. pepper cheese, liverwurst, yeah. uh yeah. Neptune salad, egg salad. We, yeah. we scooped all that shit and sold it. Before there were computers, we used to actually have to write the register code on the carbon copy slip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The like killer shakes, the Rosenberger's shakes. ice, Rosenberger's iced tea. I mean, there's so I many great. At, I worked at Wawa back when they back when they used to sell Stromboli's. Do you remember the Wawa oh, Bolies? There yes. was the uh there was the 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 the, the, the steak one, which was like yes. steak and peppers. There's like yes. a pepperoni one. And then there was like oh. a third, a third type. I can't remember what what it was, mm. but it might have been sausage and cheese. But yeah, it took seventeen minutes to cook. So, and but it only had like a shelf life of like forty five minutes. Yeah, so you yeah. had to throw it out. Like at the top of the hour, you always had to throw it out. And if you didn't have another one made, you're gonna have to wait twenty minutes till it's done. Like, come on, before That's bagels. Awesome. I worked there before they sold bagel uh, sizzlies. Wow. Yeah. No sizzlies. So, Needless to say, I knew Wawa really, really well, and I yeah. and I worked in a lot of different locations. That you know, by the time I graduated, I had been at the shore stores. I'd have been at uh, one in, at a gas store in Philly. Like I'd been around uh, mm-hmm. Wawa a lot, so I felt like I knew it. I felt like, oh yeah, here we go. Um, and and I think that really was part of like, you know, I, I so I went to work at WWE after that. That was like an accident. I it was a joke, and I it was a hail mary, and it worked, and I just kept riding it. And then they were like, "Sure, why don't you just come move out there?" Little known fact: It's March third. This is the I don't know, uh, fourteen year anniversary, thirteen year anniversary of when I when I started at WWE today. So that's fucking crazy. But like when I went to WWE, that wasn't a plan. I what? What did you? <laughs> You said so, it was a hail mary. It was like, hey, you would do. You should just try it, Brad. Go for a go for this application, and you you threw it out there and went for it. My buddy that I was doing that Monco radio that I did done the Monco radio show with years mm-hmm. prior um, had gotten the number off the internet of the headquarters of WWE, and he he gives me the number and he says, hey, call. He says I called and I asked for Vince McMahon. They hung up on me. You should call. Give it a try, just to fuck with them. So I yeah. called on my last day with Wawa. So Wawa was going to send me, I was working in corporate and they were going to, they were closing down my division. They were going to send me back to the store. They were going to get rid of my salary. They were going to put me on an hourly wage. I was like, fuck that. I just graduated college. I'm not going back to the store. I'm not going back to hourly wage. I said, I'll take unemployment. My last day leaving corporate office, I'm on 476 and I call the WWE number that my buddy had given me. And I go, let me talk to Vince McMahon. This girl, she's still my friend to this day, Kristen. She, for some reason, she goes, we don't do that. And I go, well, how do I get a job there? She says, you have to apply. You have to apply for a job. And I go, I have applied for jobs. I had. I actually had yeah. because I was a film student at Temple. I had applied for jobs for like, oh, I'd love to come up for the summer or whatever. 
She goes, hold, please. I'm thinking at some point they're going to cut me off, hang up. She puts me through to HR. Okay. This dude picks up. I'm on 476, Chris. I'm, I just like told Wawa I'm going to take <laughs> unemployment rather than go back to like, rather than finding a store to go to. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want a job there. And he goes, well, you got to apply. And I goes, I have applied. The guy's like, what's your name? He looks me up. He goes, oh, yeah, I see you've applied like three times. And he goes, tell you what, why don't you send me an updated resume and we'll talk. So I send the guy a resume and like a, a month or two later, maybe not even that long, he fucking writes me back and goes, hey, sorry, it took so long. Uh, why don't you watch this show tonight and then call me tomorrow? We'll talk wrestling. And so I call him like on a Tuesday. We talk about the show from the night before. And the whole time I'm thinking like they're they're I'm probably on speakerphone and they're probably all laughing at me in the yeah, office yeah. like this yeah. fucking Mark. <laughs> so like I just keep talking to this guy and then like a month later, not even like a two weeks later, he's like, all right, why don't uh, he goes, what do you think you'd want to do? Do you think you'd want to do you think you'd want to um, work in the in the studio? Do you think you'd want to like write for the news for, for the magazine or do you think you'd want to travel and and produce the shows with the writing team and i go oh i go well I, I mean i graduated from film school i could do all of those but i go but ultimately i would love to work with the writing team and he goes great well we'll we'll bring it up for an interview that was in like that was like around thanksgiving i want to say like that was around like black friday uh 2007 uh i moved up there february 2008 i started march 3rd 2008 and like mm. like three interviews later, that was a bet going up to Stanford three times. I met people, had interviews, and then that was it. I was in. Wow. Just from wow. like a, like what started as a prank call coming home from Yeah. Home. Yeah. Yeah. I answered it. I answered a silly Craigslist ad because I didn't want to work any more nights and weekends. Yeah. Very, very strange. Very strange. So all that to say, you know, that that's not like anything I went to school for. That I didn't I didn't go to college so that I could go to Stanford and write wrestling. Like that yeah. wasn't my plan. So when I came back from WWE, I had no clue what I was like. Well, I didn't even know what I was even equipped to do. You know, when you yeah. go out places and you go like, and you go, oh, I, I want to work in Hollywood. And I go, oh, what's your experience? And you go, I worked at WWE. No one knows what the fuck that is. No, not in Hollywood, right? <laughs> no. So would you write like punch, kick, punch, kick? Like, no, it was kick, <laughs> it was kick, punch, kick, punch, asshole. Yeah, asshole. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on, so serious stuff. When you go to the lawn care, that did you feel like? I mean, did you feel like this was like a? I don't know. Did you feel like it's got to be this, or did you feel like eh, if this doesn't work, I'll figure something else out? I think I still to this day always think like if this business doesn't work out, going into year two, I could go be a chef somewhere. I could go into. A, I could go be a chef. I'm not maybe not a chef, but I could be a line cook at any half decent to great restaurants in the area. I could always fall back on the restaurant business hmm. without a doubt. And my previous company, I'm still great, great right. terms with them. I mean, we're, we're st we still don't work together per se, but we're we're in the same exact industry. We're in the same area per se. He's on this side. I'm on this side, but we have a great relationship. So. I don't know. There's no, there's, I don't, I don't live with any kind of fear of like what's going to happen next. It's, you know, just keep grinding and doing what you know and what you love and it'll, it'll all work out in the end. What do you learn? What, what did you learn about business about not necessarily about lawn care, 
Um, but I guess about business in general, that made you feel so confident that you, you could step out on your own. So the previous owner that I worked for, um, was, had a motor that I've never ever seen on anyone and just the ability to be working and to be focused and to be driven and to be hungry all at the same time and make it happen. I've never seen anybody do that. And working under somebody like that made me like that to a certain extent where, you know, you, you see a lot of, um, Hey, Chris, he's Chris, can you do this project or work on something? Do this, do that. And he would come back three hours later and be like, Chris, how's that project? Is it done yet? Because that's how his mind worked. He said he would always think like, um, you know, an employee needs to make a doctor's appointment. Oh, I'll make it tomorrow. No, call him right now, make an appointment, go miss work. I don't care if you miss the rest of the day, go get that doctor's appointment done. Then we're done with that. Or a truck flew off the road and we need a new truck. Okay, go buy a new truck. Or, you know, there was never any fear or, or, or um, hesitation when it came yeah. to it. And procrastination. Procrastination yeah. is probably even a better word. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was fun to work exact, on. It sounds like the ex exact opposite of me. <laughs> when you said like, that's, I would go like, Oh, when am I going to make <sighs> an appointment? I can't. Yeah. It's not, it's not really convenient even this week. You know what? I think I'll think about it. And then maybe Monday I'll reassess when I think I should call again for this appointment. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. Classic procrastinator. And, and that's, and it's, it's something that he taught me in business and, and just the business side of it, you know, accounting, how to, you know, cost per sale, how to market, why to market, when to market, how to, how to, you know, keep, keep tabs and, you know, keep Excel spreadsheets on your sales, where they were generated from, how much did you make off them, how to, how to beat up a sales guy. Like there's, there's a hundred different, you know, sales guys that sell fertilizer in this area. It's who's going to bring me pizza, who's going to take me out and who's going to give me the best price who's going to come in and do speeches and train guys for me. And so there, he taught me all this about business that I never like, I always, I was always fearful of. I don't, I don't want to, I never want to be like, Oh, that guy, sales guy was really nice, but his, his product, his product is $13 more a pound or whatever. Right. And so he taught me that it's not about them. It's about you make them come to you or, and, and do it the right way. Be friends with them, spread the love. If you can get seed from this person, get chemicals from this person, get, you know, hmm. trucks from this person or whatever, you know, keep a good relationship, but be firm with these people and, and be real with them. Hey, you want my business. You got to be personable. You got to come in and feed my staff because they're important to me too. You got to come in and do a face-to-face -face meeting and explain to me why your product is better and how we're going to make more money, you know, and, and it, you know, that's, that's where he taught me amazing, you know, strides when it comes to how, how to run a business. What was the, what was the spark for you to decide to go on your own, your own path? Uh, just wanting to own my own business, wanting to be the boss. It's kind of like, sometimes that sounds bad when I say it out loud, wanting to be a boss but I don't think it was wanting to be a boss. I like wanting the responsibility, having the freedom to grow it, how I want to grow it, my design, my, my input, all that comes with it. That I was super excited about that. Yeah. And for the opportunity to provide for my family without a doubt. I mean, if, 
if I continue to succeed and continue to do well, that clear path that we all talk about in high school when you're 17 years old to go to college, get a job, buy a big house. This gives me, I was, I was doing really good there at the previous job, making good money, had a 401k, you know, no, no complaints with that, but this gives me a clear path to, you know, a little bit more wealth, a little bit more, you know, things that I can provide for my family now that it's growing and it's getting bigger and, I want to spend more time with them when you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not this first 10 years of owning this business, will I be able to spend more time with them? But the goal is when I'm 50, when I'm 55, 60, I'm not, I'm not grinding. Well, like I did from 20 to 50, right. 20 to 45, you know, I want to, I want to find that. And I think, I think I eventually saw myself that I could have made a great life for myself outside or at that previous job. But this gives me a, almost, I would call an independent life. You know, I make up my own schedule. Jack's, my son's going to play baseball. I don't want to have to worry about who I'm answering. Who's taking my shift. And, and, and it probably would never be like that. And Andrew was a great boss and understand, you know, I'm a quality of life guy, not, not, not only just working all the time. And he would have probably said, Chris, you can go to every baseball game. No, you know, that's kind of person he was, but I wanted that freedom for myself. Right. You don't want to ask I, anyone now. I don't have to ask anyone. You just make the yeah. decision. Yeah. And and if it requires me, you know, busting my ass for a week before or a week after, and I know I can manage that, but it's the decision. Like, perfect example is snow removal. So we used to do snow oh. removal for the previous company, and I was up 30, 40, 50 hours at a time doing ice checks at four in the morning. And that's a tough with, gig especially with the kids, you know, and their, their sleep schedules off and my, that I'm, I get home, I sleep all day. My wife's got both kids all day. It was, it was, it was not good. It's not good for your health. It wasn't, it wasn't good for anything. So this will also allow me to get out of that. So did you, did you date in high school? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Um, yeah, Becky Payne. Okay. We dated for a little bit. Uh, Melissa DeBellis. We dated for a little bit. She had a little sister, Jackie DeBellis. I don't know her. Yeah. Um, did you date? This is in my head. Did you date Julia Tryons? I did. I did. That, that was early. It's weird. Yeah. That I know that about you, Julia Tryons. Okay. What were you meeting like girls? What was your for high school? I didn't date at all. So for you, like for dating in high school, what was that like? The friend group. Yeah. It was like who we hung out with and all the girls that came along with that, I guess, you know, it, and dating in high school was so weird because no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. You know, like you don't, you don't know how to be in a relationship really. I mean, there's very few people that understand what love and the depths of a relationship. Yeah. And it's more like the thing you do. Right. You, you, you try it because everybody's Especially in the trying. friend group. Yeah, of course. Friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, oh, we've, you know, we've hung out for this many years. And it's like, you know, Steve Pelleggi and Susan Mozart are married now. Right. The Pelleggis, you know, Eric Payne and Joe Cavanaugh, they're married now. So they right. kind of, they right. made it, you know, they weren't together ever in high school, but they got together after high school. But that yeah. was part of our friend group. And you know, that was, you know, that was interesting. And there's a lot from our class as well. I mean, we 
handful, I get like five off the top of my head that like that it got together from Wizahickon that started in Wizahickon that finished off and was it, you know, yeah, got married and all that. Still there. Yeah, Wizahickon was like, and it was, you know, especially with girlfriends and girls and boys and like trying to figure that out as a young, young adult, you know, like it was just, it was a, you look back and you're like, you didn't really date. Wizahickon wasn't one of those where you, a lot of people went to, this prom or that prom because they met at this it was it was so so small as we're we're like a tight group of people but not really one of my defense mechanisms about the prom i didn't go to prom and whenever like you don't go to you didn't go to prom and i go no i hate dressing up i don't dance and i go and plus all the fresh all the seniors date the freshmen and the and the juniors date the sophomores and there's no junior or senior prom it's just a group prom all together like it's a school dance like that's how i yeah. rationalized it but i wasn't wrong no not at all <laughs> uh, steve steve newman didn't go to any proms either and now that i look back on proms i thought what a ridiculous thing that is like it's you know the prom. Uh, yeah the prom it was so like Who'd you go to know. prom with? Oh, who'd I go to prom with? <sighs> Julia, I guess, 10th grade. I think Melissa Bellis, 11th grade. And I think Chrissy, Chrissy Berry, senior year. You do like the whole limo thing? The whole crew gets the limo? Uh, I think I rented a... I think I wanted to read it, rent a Jeep Wrangler, but I didn't read the whole thing. And I rented a Jeep Cherokee instead. And that's what Jeep, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Jeep Cherokees were like the boxes. Yeah, they just, the, they're not the ones, not a grand Cherokee, just yeah. a Jeep Cherokee. It's a Jeep Jeep. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we used to it's call like it a Jeep Jeep. <laughs> it's a Sierra, like desert Jeep. It's like, yeah. you're, you're going on a, you yep. know. Uh, Bro, with the row so, bars and all that shit oh man it was it was not it yeah. was not like it was embarrassing i thought it was a jeep wrangler it would be cool and i totally fucked that up man it was terrible it was <laughs> terrible <laughs> yeah prom i mean we were at i remember we uh, uh jet jen modla remember jen modla the name sounds the, the last name sounds completely familiar but i can't picture a face oh shoot we got caught sneaking beer into her mom's basement through like a one of those little windows that you see up in a in a basement prom night uh, prom night prom night yeah yeah what was it was the after party uh just a house party always yeah always yeah always a house party so was your crew Somewhere. like part were you guys partying in high school i mean you said ninth grade was kind of your dabble into into you know kind of nefarious things but were you were you in like a partying crew in general or were you just so booed up that you were just doing couple shit yeah i think i think that's what more what i mean we we were drinking I don't remember. Like, that's a weird thought. I've always thought that when did I start like having alcohol, but I don't know if it was before. I don't know. I really don't. Maybe around senior year, junior year, maybe probably okay. junior year. We were probably sneaking beers, driving to Sheltonham to grab forties or something everyone like that. Just, everyone so, well, just, everybody knows that story, you know, butt mm, ices and like, mm. that's the only way we got drunk back then was Boone's farm and yeah, and dog and all those. So it was, it was an interesting, you know, start to your alcohol. I mean, it's terrible stuff. It's funny. Terrible. Um, I told you some of my music stuff for you, uh, favorite artist or, or album mm. in high school, in high school. So, 
I would I wouldn't consider myself a music person, but I love music. I love listening to music. Yeah. But my brain doesn't allow me to remember music where other people are like an encyclopedia, a rap line. They can, you know, yeah. this artist, that artist. I kind of like just like what I like. So I live right now. I And always I've listened to a lot of like Motown, a lot of oldies, a lot of like, you know, Billy Joel, you know, all that stuff. And when I was yeah. younger, cause I was hanging out with Steve and, and, and Dewan, of course I was in, I was into Wu-Tang and the Fugees and, you know, life after death. When, when that came, like, that was my CD when life yeah. after death came out, I was so like, good. this is the, this is fire, you know? And so then you got good. big pun, um, you know, all the, I just downloaded the, 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 the I'm thinking of the album with the, it's not the red one, but the black, um, Oh, big pun? Space. Yeah, big pun. Endangered species? No. Yeah, baby? No. No, not yeah, baby. Because yeah, baby's the red cover. Um Capital oh, Capital Punishment. Capital Punishment. I just downloaded that one. I was like, wow. There's that's, like eight heaters on here. Oh, I that's, never that's the one with like uh that's the one where they do like the deep cover, they do twins, the deep cover mm-hmm. joint, and that's the uh, yeah, that's uh um that's the hit that's mm-hmm. uh don't want to be a player don't want to be a player i like the barry white version yeah <laughs> my darling yeah that's such a good one yeah yeah it's such a good <laughs> song but yeah that was that was like you know when i was my so my music has evolved like i w- i couldn't name you the top 10 rappers right now it wouldn't it wouldn't even come close to i couldn't even name yeah. top one but so my like I still have that genre of music. I still love all that Wu-Tang, Nas, Illmatic, Stillmatic. Like I love, you know, the Lost Tapes was a great, I love Lost Tapes, you know? So like, I, I still have that weird, so you can like, I love playing my playlist, like random, like just shuffle all my songs. Yeah. Me, me and Woodland would play this game because he listens to like hardcore, Christian Woodland, hardcore rap, and he knows everything. He's like encyclopedia. So his his iTunes is filled with all that. Right. Where my iTunes is filled with like Motown and uh, and you know Wu-Tang and all the old raps we rappers we used to listen to. Yeah. So we used to play this game, you know, you gotta take a drink, whoever's a better song. So we'd flip back and uh, forth okay, okay. who has the best song. And so it used to be so much fun because we'd almost make playlists of like, oh, I remember that song. Now I remember this song. So we'd make a playlist and then we'd save it and we'd shoot it to each other. And that was that Friday night playlist. And it was a fucking awesome playlist because we just played off each other. So we tried to do it the other day, maybe two weeks ago. And um, since I have kids now, I have downloaded 25, I don't know, Disney, Aladdin, Lion King, Frozen, they're all on my phone now. So I can't play that game with Woodland anymore because he wins every time because, you know, you're welcome. We'll come on from Moana, you know? So you got to get just, that. You got to get that kids bops version of WAP. <laughs> did you, did you have a favorite movie in high school? The Lion King. Really? I was, I love, I still this day. I'm obsessed with Lion King. I love it. I think it's the greatest movie ever. So funny thing you mentioned, I used to always say that the Lion King is the last great animation that was ever made. Lion King is actually my favorite animated movie of all time. And I've never found another uh, anything else that's ever topped it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Aladdin was close. Aladdin was a great one. But as far as am- animated, even the newer, the Pixars and all those, even how great the, of a movie they are, nah. I don't know. Maybe it's just this nostalgia. Nemo, T- Toy Story, uh, and none of those. The, the Rock, yeah. whatever The Rock's doing, uh, yeah. Princess and the Frog. It's, it's yeah. cute. It's all very cute. You're, you're not going to beat Scar killing his brother so he can be king and running off mm. the sun, who then comes back to avenge his father's death. I exactly. Mean, while what a story. Elton, while Elton John fucking sings them on the way. You're just I not going to beat that. That shit was a movement. I and, own Lion King one and a half. Do you? No, I don't. Do you know about I, Lion King one and a half? I, I, I've now, now that you say it, I vaguely remember it being on a VHS, the white, plastic you, you pop oh, it yeah. open for mambler video yeah sure yes i re- and that's what i'm thinking of is the the one and a half and it was created by disney right like it was you're not yeah you're not thinking of two are you like Sin no pride no 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 one and a half yeah yeah it wasn't 1.5 it was one one slash two yeah, yeah. right yeah. yeah so one and a half is so the entire movie of the lion king the first half of the movie is you know Simba and all this, and then the second half he meets Timon and Pumbaa. But what happens all during the Lion King before Simba meets Timon and Pumbaa? What are Timon and Pumbaa doing? That's what Lion King one and a half is. They're showing uh, you Timon and Pumbaa throughout the going all throughout the jungle prior to Simba meeting them. So when they're all singing, when Simba's doing, I just can't wait to be king. Like Timon yeah. and Pumbaa are going through, like oh shit, we just moved into the Broadway district. Ah, uh, like Akuna Matata, they're figuring out Akuna Matata. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so Chris, this would be like normally the time probably that I would like pull out the yearbook and I would like look at your picture and your entry and all the <sighs> different activities that you did. Funny thing is, I'm one of those students that never had uh, like a, a, a yearbook from another class. Like so, a lot of students have yearbooks from like their 11th or 10th grade or like I don't have any of those those yearbooks. I did. Only the years I was leaving. That was it. So I have so my eighth, like eighth grade and I got my eighth 12th. grade. I got my 12th grade. I got my fifth grade. Yeah. From Shady Grove. But I don't have yep. a fourth grade, nor do I have a seventh grade, nor do I have an 11th grade to show mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You would need an 11th grade to show me. <laughs> could oh. you could you fake it and 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 give me an idea of of the initials that you would have put in your yearbook? Did you put initials? Do you think in your yearbook entry? Yeah, you want me to go get it? Oh my god, yes! I have it. I'll oh yeah, I know, I know exactly yeah. where it is. Thank this might you. take me two three minutes. But I'll no, you it. got it. I'll I'll All pour right. a drink. All right. There it goes. There's Brad. There's all these guys. Christopher Stout. There you go. So what do you it. want? We see a picture. Can you hold it up to the? This is terrible. Oh, will it not let me? It's not going to let me. There oh, there is. you are. There it is. Glasses, full head of hair. Yeah, man. Might have been a silk tie, just so we're all Man, clear. I got to tell you, you look like our... Hold it there. You you look like... Hold that picture there. You look like... Um, you look like our generation's James Eckert. James Eckert? I don't remember James Eckert. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
<laughs> like if he had, I feel like if he had the glasses. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I got to beat this guy. <laughs> All right. What do you got in there? All right. Do you want to hear what it yeah, says? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. This is so embarrassing. But I'm going to read it and I'm going to love it. All right. So we got, I have struggled, I have failed, but I also have succeeded. It sounds like a, the beginning of a poem. Thanks thanks to all the people who pulled, uh, pulled me through it. Mom and Tim, I love you. Camo, which is Steve Newman. And Eastside, thanks for always being there. Melissa D, so that's Melissa DeBellis. Steve P, Steve Pelleggi, Eric Payne, Danny Cabrera, Becky Payne, Susan Mozart. And to all the preps and jocks, it's been a fun four years. Who are the preps and the jocks? What are the preps? The jocks, are, I guess, are the football players and the baseball players? and the... Yeah, it was because I think it was pretty. We did all the sports. Yeah, I mean, you do have like a you do have a profile of a jock because you yeah. did like you did up until senior year. You did sports like all seasons. I would consider myself a jock. Like I would, would. consider. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, because I played sports and I hung out with all the sports guys and, and we were yeah. all into sports. You know, it was like it was is one of those things that changed my popularity too. was like being like this this young man that didn't really know where to fit in through through Shady Grove and middle school to being in sports. All of a sudden it's a confidence booster because you're if you're half decent and you're good, people recognize your name. You're on the football team, you know, you're wearing your football jersey, you're wearing right. your baseball jersey. Right. So, like, it does build confidence. And, you know, that's that's one thing I like about, you know, the sports. And I, I, I think I was wet from being pretty dorky to, like, somewhere in the middle of of the, the, the classes that were in the high school days, yeah. you know. And I think sports had a lot to do with that. Okay. Uh, just sparked to me. I said, Miss, Mr. Lyles. I think Mrs. Lyles was the principal. Mr. Riles. Was Mr. Riles. Was the custodian. Yes. And Mrs. basketball Ann- coach. Mr. Riles. You're right. I knew, I knew that wasn't, didn't sound right. Mr. Riles. I wonder if he's still alive. He was such a good man. He was I think such he a good passed. Man. I think he passed maybe like a decade ago. If I'm, if I have that right, yeah. I feel like I saw it on Facebook. If people wanted to wanted to get in touch with you because they want to get their shit taken care of for their lawn, it's been fucking winter. People are yeah, sick. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it's been brutal. Their shit is like horrible. What what's the process? How do they get in touch with you and how do they like get their shit taken care of this spring? The, the website's the easiest. Stoutlawncare.com. S S T O U T lawncare.com. That's the best way to get in touch with me. You from that website, you can text me, you can call me, you can email me. So that's the best way. Uh, Facebook is at Stout Lawn Care PA. Instagram is Stout underscore Lawn underscore Care dot com or um, Instagram at at that. Um, and it's really Facebook. If you see me on Facebook, so funny story is that like so if you look at the business name, it's Stout S T O U T Lawn Care dot com, right? I've noticed this. And then my name is S T O U D T. Smart. So. There was a couple reasons why I did this. And it, one was that when you Google stout, 90% of the, you know, the stouts spell it S-T-O-U-T. The other reason was there is no other reason. I don't know why I did it. I still, I don't have a great reason for doing it that way. And people always ask me, why did you do it that way? And I was like, 
I talked to this guy when I was first starting to think about doing this. He's like, just call it stout lawn care. And I was like, I hate the goddamn D being in there because I, every time I, anytime I'm spelling something, I have to go S T O U D is in David T is in Thomas because yeah. no one puts the D in there. Right? right. And so I was like, he's like, just call it stout then. Don't even worry about the, the DT. Cause it'll just cause you more problems in the end. And I was like, all right. So I just went with it and it kind of, I don't know if it's backfired yet because when I started the business, I had such a good group of friends that really like, yeah, you know, I mean, it. my my website guy, he he married Steve Pledgy's sister and he does my website. And he the first thing he said to me after I launched the website and did Facebook and all that, he's like, I can't believe how many people are on your pages so quickly. He's like, I've never seen a page on Facebook go from zero to 200 followers in three days. He's like, I've never seen that before. You're, I've never seen that much traffic on your website in, in two day period. And he was like, it's all due to your group of friends that are sharing it and your family and, and, you know, the Newman, Steve Newman, like I have like that group of friends, all the Steve Newman group yeah. of friends. Then I have all my high school friends, Brosnan and, you know, and, and Eric Fenstermacher and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Then I have the core group, the Eric Payne's, the Steve New- or the Steve Pledges, all those groups. Then I have my restaurant group. It was like, yeah, it just blew up. And so like the stout, the whole stout thing was weird to everybody. You know, it was like 200 messages. Like, why didn't you put the D in? I always say, I can't give all my customers the D. You know, so that's why I had to take it yeah, out. Exactly. Like, <laughs> isn't it so much better? You don't have to like, you don't have to find a way to explain that. It, of, it's like, so much how to better. get to the website. Chris, this has been like so much fun, dude. Uh, this has been like awesome time, man. Yeah, man. This is, I'm so glad you, you were able to do this. And um, like I said, you know, that story of, of me going to the job fair um, sticks with me to this day. So when I saw, when I started seeing one, when I saw that you were working in lawn care, and then when I just saw that you were progressing and building, building something for yourself and, and for your family through lawn care. And I just thought like, wow, I just wonder if, you know, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it was that I was like, look, that I was like looking and I was presented with this opportunity. My ego just wouldn't allow me. I just wonder what, if I could have gotten over myself, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. could have been at this point, just in life in general. And I was so, you know, I for that reason, I was so curious of your journey of getting to that point. So I, you know, I'm so thankful that you were, you know, willing to share that story with me. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun. Even, you know, when you contact me, always go just to do it. I was, I was excited. I was, cause like I said, when we started is like that, that awkwardness is kind of something I thrive on now. Yeah. And it, it, like, it makes me, it, it kind of, it makes me want to be a better communicator and listen better and learn from people and, and things like that. So like the idea was really cool. I really appreciate letting me promote my business to, you know, stout long care. Absolutely. And you know, for the record, awesome. you know, so everyone knows Chris did not ask me to come on this podcast to promote his business. I hit him up out of the complete fucking blue and was like, Hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast. He was like, okay. Like, what were you thinking when I hit you up? You had to be like questioning what was going on. Right? No, no. I was, cause I was 
Because I'm such in a marketing world, and I don't consider this marketing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like no, 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 okay. yeah. because I want to market my business. I, yeah. If I was still a chef, I would have done it. I think right. it's a great idea. Yeah. And and so like when I saw you were doing it and it was flowing, and I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And I, I checked back like two months later, and I was like, oh, my God, he has so many. I got to catch back up. I didn't even know you were like still you're going. so still going and being on top of it. And then I was at uh, uh, Steve Pledge's house the other day, and we were talking about it, and they were both thrilled to to hear about it. And like, oh, that's so cool. You're going to have fun. You're going to talk about the girls you dated and, like, you know, all that stuff. I was talking to my wife earlier, like, this is going to be awkward for sure. I don't know what names I should say and I shouldn't say. And I'm going to say something that's going to get me in trouble to for somebody, something, some, something, but – it was it was an awesome experience, and I I think it's it's a great concept. And we grew up so close to each other, and around so many of of the same people. Um, it felt like it felt so natural just having this conversation with you. Yeah, yeah even though fun. we've never really had the conversation. Us Ambler people. Yes, I'm telling you, it's it's this weird like Asbestos Hill, <laughs> Candida's Pizza. Uh, we're like, we always battle. We always stick together and there's always something to talk about when it comes to Ambler. Like there's yep. always something, there's somebody, you know, the East side, the West side, the South side of Ambler. Like it, there's just, it was, it was a cool town to grow up. And that's why I love what's taken because of the diversity and what's taken. It's like, there's so many different, you know, nationalities and genres and like, it's so, Pockets. it's so, it's so little, but you learn so much about who you are just from hanging out with those different pockets and like, you know, this, this, this podcast is just an extension of those podcasts. So my recommendation is to you, is like, just pick some more 2000 uh, classes. Okay. Keep going. And I'll get, I'll get you more followers. We're going to, we're going to blow this up. And I think, I think you got some, you got some here and I think it's an awesome idea and you're doing an awesome job and you have the best rate radio voice <laughs> I've heard in a long time. And if Thanks, you man. wanted, if you want to do some voiceovers for Stout Long Care, I'll kick Steve Pledge to the curb because your voice is way cooler than his voice. I'm in. <laughs> Great. Great. Sorry, That's awesome. sorry, Steve. <laughs> sorry, Steve. All right. That was Chris Stout. Extra credit episode. I hope everyone enjoyed. Uh, yeah. Monday will still be a normal release with my guest for We Weren't Friends in High School 222, Brian Show. Follow the social media on Facebook at WWFNHS and on Instagram at We Weren't Friends in High School. YouTube.com slash RedshirtPlaya for all the videos of these interviews. And I will see everyone on Monday morning with my guest, Brian Cho. Later.